Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Believe in the U. I am your host, Paul Menendez, and I hope everyone has had a great Easter weekend. If you don't celebrate Easter, then I hope you've had a marvelous weekend. A lot of things to touch up on regarding Miami Hurricanes football as I bring you another weekly episode. Now, before I get into recruiting and other various topics, I, you know, that this is something I've been thinking of a lot. And I don't mean this in any negative way whatsoever. I just clearly think this is a viable discussion. Has college football passed the University of Miami? And now, I don't mean that we'll never compete for another national title game again, but we're in a very interesting time in college football, in my opinion. We're seeing a dominance in one single conference, the SEC. It's the powerhouse of college football, hands down, from top to bottom. Even recruits are stating when they want to commit to a program, they want to play in the SEC. I've never seen that before in my 20 years of really being a college football fanatic. We're also seeing programs such as Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State really dominating the ranks of college football. It's usually those three programs and then Oklahoma at your four, Notre Dame fighting for that four spot. But really, it's Alabama and Clemson fighting for it all. And then you see short bursts of success with LSU, maybe Auburn. But right after, they don't maintain that success. So you really only see Alabama and Clemson dominate the sport. And it, it I question this, if Miami as a small private school still has a chance at competing at national prominence. Now, you know, 2017, we had a lot of magic. The Daryl Langham catch at Florida State in Tallahassee. I was there in the Florida State student section. No, I did not attend Florida State University. That is a story for a whole nother episode. There was also the Terrell Langham catch against Georgia Tech, which was remarkable. I was also at that game. Um, you know, we had magic on our side that season. We went undefeated. We beat Virginia Tech, blew out Notre Dame at home, the Trajan Bandy pick six, you name it. It was a great season. We lose to Pittsburgh, unfortunately, in the freezing tundra. But hey, it was a complete 180, and Miami got a taste of national prominence. They were number two in the nation going into the Pittsburgh game. They got back to the ACC title game. They were in a fight with Wisconsin for the Orange Bowl. They were back for that one year under Mark Richt, and it seemed like things were turning Miami's way. But, you know, I just think that the, the landscape of college football right now with the amount of funds going into the programs and facilities, recruiting is on a whole nother level as we've seen it across the country. Is the is the landscape of college football, has it surpassed the University of Miami football program, a small private school in Coral Gables that roughly has the underclassmen size of ten to 12,000 in enrollment? 
And I'm very curious. I would love to hear what everyone thinks regarding this matter. I just, I don't know. I don't know if we can keep up financially with other programs. There was a pro day we had about five years ago where seniors or anyone who declared for the draft, it was in a monsoon of rain. We didn't have an indoor practice facility. Mark Richt comes in and he pursues, he states it's a must to get an indoor practice facility. He even donates $1 million out of his own pocket just to fund the IPF. It's it seems like we're always late to the party in modern day college football and it's shot us in the foot. Even our offense, it's been pro style since, wow, for over two decades. And finally we go spread. <laughs> I don't know what, what, it, what took so long just to run a spread offense under Rhett Lashley, but we're not very modern as a football program and other schools are a lot more modern. And I don't know if Nick Saban's going anywhere. I don't have that answer, but he's truly dominated college football in a John Wooden type of way. And maybe we're living under that era of college football where Nick Saban is the John Wooden of this era and he's just dominating. He's winning national titles left and right and our children, our grandchildren will will speak to them regarding this time of college football and we'll talk to them like, hey man, Alabama, you know, they really were that dominant. And don't get me wrong, Alabama was always a national powerhouse, a dynasty. I just feel like it's very dominant at this point. Clemson with Dabo Sweeney. I'll tell you what, guys, I'll be honest, we're very far away from that Clemson football program and I don't know how he maintains his staff. I really don't. Tip my hat off to Dabble Sweeney. Maybe it's the alumni, board of trustees, the boosters. They can fund and finance the program. But Miami, you know, they're in a situation. We just saw Travis Williams go and become the defensive coordinator at UCF. We didn't. We don't necessarily have a defensive coordinator in place right now. For example, why didn't we name him defensive coordinator at Miami to keep him on staff? Because I thought he would be an integral part of this staff and recruiting would have easily put us in the top five, top 10. We were building relations with recruits in Georgia, Alabama that we would have had no shot at if Travis Williams was on this staff. And Jaron Willis, for example, outside linebacker, four-star recruit, that's a future NFL player right there. And he's, I interviewed him, um, great kid, very outspoken. I love him. I love everything about him, and he's very advanced for his age physically and as a football player, and I don't think that's someone we land without Travis Williams, and he built that relationship, and he stated that in the interview when I spoke with Jaron Willis. So, you know, if Miami does have success next season, which I think they should, if they go 10-2, 11-1, let's say, or let's say they beat Alabama and they go undefeated in the regular season, they crash the college football playoffs, they shock the world, Manny Diaz, once again, not only wins the offseason, but wins the regular season. Finally, he beats his former boss that ridiculed and fired him at Texas. Mac Brown wins the ACC Coastal and figures out the correct, a proper game plan to beat Dabo Sweeney. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle down in Coral Gables, and we finish 12-0. We're in the college football playoffs. Can Manny Diaz maintain this staff? We saw Ed Orgeron, when he won the national title game, he lost Joe Brady. 
And that was detrimental. He lost Dave Aranda as his defensive coordinator. To bring in and fill in those positions, Bo Pelini was not the answer. Okay, I believe they went, what, 7-5 and five, playing 500 football down in Baton Rouge? Miles Brennan was their quarterback for what, like one or two games? They won a national title and they completely had to rebuild. And I think that's just modern day college football where you're going to see small bursts of programs have success. We saw that with Auburn under Rhett Lashley as offensive coordinator. I think Gus Malzahn was their head coach. Nick uh, Marshall was their quarterback. You, they had They played for the national title game that year. I think it was against Florida State as well. Jameis Winston was the quarterback. Could be wrong. Take that with a grain of salt. But I know they played for the national title game. I think modern day college football is being dominated by specific college football programs. And I just don't know if Miami can catch up. And my question to you guys listening is, how can Miami catch up if you think they can? Because you got to come in very well funded. I'm curious how Texas, for example, will do under Steve Sarkeesian because that's a very well-funded program. Oregon is another program that Phil Knight has Mario Cristobal in his back pocket. How are they going to stack up? I mean, they're competing. Those programs are relevant. Miami, it's not really relevant, guys. I'll be honest. It's, It's not. They're not relevant on the national stage. And the records show. We go 8 and 2, I mean rarely 8 and 2. Mark Richt lit a fire under this program, gave the program energy, and he went 10 and 3 one year. Before that, he went 9 and 4. Probably two of our best records since I can remember. Shannon went 9 and 4. I mean, that's not really national relevance. You know, winning 9 games, losing 4, not winning your bowl game. I mean, you know, National relevance is playing for the college football playoffs, finishing the top eight, winning a, I'm going to say BCS bowl game, but I know people are going to relate to New Year's six, New Year's six bowl game. That That's national relevance, national prominence. And I don't know. I, I don't know if Miami can get back to it. We're in a very easy conference. So if we are going to get back to it, hey, it's an easy road to win football game but i think college football may have surpassed the university of miami and there may not be anything we can do about it you know i i filmed a uh <laughs> weekly episode the stew cast and i had sec mike on as well who is a sec expert has a great following probably you know number one or number two best podcast covering sec football and we're talking about Miami versus Alabama. He stated, you know, Miami has no chance against Alabama. I made a little joke saying, hey, we have Bob Shoup on our staff trying to see, you know, pick his brain about Bob Shoup. And when he heard the name Bob Shoup, he just started bursting out laughing. And he said, that's where he landed at. And I'm curious because this is an SEC expert. He covers the SEC left and right. He has over 20,000 subscribers. He has a huge following. I mean, he, he's he's informative about SEC football. That's why he has such a big following. And, you know, that mastermind we all are hoping is the savior of the defensive scheme Manny Diaz has been running with Blake Baker, the 4-2-5 defense, which I'm curious if we go away from that. But we'll, we'll find out more during the regular season. I think we'll, we will, and I think we'll stick to a 4-3. Or we'll see variations of 4-2-5 and a 4-3. But, 
you know, I'm curious if SEC football is just, it's very advanced compared to Miami Hurricanes football staff or facilities, funding. I mean, it's complete 180 in my opinion from top to bottom. And I'm, I'm just curious, you know, if maybe winning nine games a season is our plateau, 10 wins is a bigger push, but We'll see what happens. You know, every program has gone through its ups and downs, even Alabama. You know, they've been through their downs and they've had a lot of ups. So, hey, college football, it's an interesting state we're in. And we'll see how it modernizes because I feel like it's going to get bigger and bigger. Recruiting is very gaudy right now, and I'll get into that shortly. And the transfer portal itself, it's taking away spots from a lot of under-the-radar three-star recruits who would have filled out nicely in G5 programs or some Power 5 programs. And there's no more spots because a lot of Power 5 and G5 programs have been utilizing the transfer portal. So we're in an interesting state in college football. And speaking of G5 schools, in my opinion... I don't think they have any opportunity whatsoever to get into the college football playoffs, you know, and to be fair, Cincinnati was a program that had the appropriate case, you know, they, they lost by three, I believe, or less to Georgia, but they were never given an opportunity and they were trying to run up the score on everyone and go undefeated just to get in. And they weren't even recognized in the top 10 or top five. So you know, G5 programs are really out of the picture ultimately, and it's it's really just focused on Power 5 programs, and they can leave the NCAA if they wanted to. But at the end of the day, guys, you know, I think the NCAA does have a stronghold in college football, and I, it'll be years until we see conferences or programs leave the NCAA. But that's just my opinion. All right, not trying to scare everyone away from the Miami Hurricanes football program, bring in false negative influence as to maybe we'll never be relevant again. But I'll tell you what, we are playing Alabama week one. That will be a program evaluator. I'm curious to see how close and how or how far we are from the Crimson Tide, the reigning national champions. I'll tell you what, Bryce Young, Against their first team in the spring scrimmage, threw for five TDs, zero interceptions. I love everything about him. I think you can see why he's a five-star recruit coming out of high school. I haven't, I'll be honest, guys, I really haven't seen a quarterback this good come out of high school in quite a while, probably since Trevor Lawrence. Um, But it it comes once in a blue moon, these type of quarterbacks, and I, I love everything about him. He is elite. Uh, football IQ well he came from a great high school program in Matter Day High School out of Southern California his pocket presence is unreal that's something you can't teach has a cannon of an arm Um, he's a very mobile quarterback as well can get more than a first down Uh, I love everything about his game and I I'm going to be following his college career closely I'm also curious how well he plays against Miami and how our secondary responds uh, pass coverage hasn't been the best. That's why we brought in Travaris Robinson to oversee our defensive backs unit. So, hey, I'm very curious how we play against Alabama. SEC contributors, people who cover the SEC are not giving Miami a chance. Fair to them. I don't see a reason why you should. But I'll tell you what, guys. This is the best opportunity to face Alabama. You're going to face them week one. New quarterback who... I think he'll play in the NFL. 
<laughs> I'd be in shock if he doesn't. Bill O'Brien's their OC, who has a tremendous resume. He was the coach at Penn State. He was the NFL head coach. Um, great resume. Doug Marone's their offensive line coach. It's an all-star cast once again in Tuscaloosa, but it's a new staff. And Miami's coming back with the same team. Nothing changing. Same offensive line unit. Same quarterback, just rehabbing from a torn ACL. New wide receiver coming in, Charleston Rambo. We're losing our best offensive playmaker in Brevin Jordan, in my opinion. Will Mallory's coming in. But hey, it's the same coaching staff. It's the same personnel, same team. We'll see what happens. I'd be in shock if we win, in my opinion, but you never know what could happen. That's why they play the game. But I'm going to see this game and see how close or how far we are as a program compared to Alabama. One thing I will say. If we give up over 100 yards in penalties or 70, <laughs> anything close to those numbers, we won't win that football game, okay? It, we can't play ugly. We can't play ugly football against top-tier opponents. Clemson ate us alive. Florida, it was a 2019 in Orlando. That was an ugly game in the fourth quarter. We can't, we can't have those mistakes. We're a very undisciplined football team under Coach Manny Diaz. Penalties has been a huge issue, issue since he stepped foot. Blame it on coaching. Blame it on the players. I don't know. But someone needs to be held accountable. And it needs to be fixed. Because you cannot win football games if you're heavily penalized. I'm sorry. This is not the Cotton Bowl against Texas where you're dancing in the t- tunnel after uh, you scored a TD. We are not that talented as a football program to give up that many yards and penalties. We're just not. We don't have the appropriate personnel. We don't have the appropriate depth. So, hey, it's modern day Miami Hurricanes football, and we have to play a perfect game to beat Alabama, in my opinion. Starts by winning the turnover battle, limiting penalties, and finishing drives. Never settle for a field goal. Always finish for six. And I think Miami can have a shot on this football game. Do they have to play a perfect game? Yes. To beat the Alabama Crimson Tide, the reigning national champions. Got to give them respect. If not, Miami doesn't win the turnover battle. Commits turnovers left and right. Gives up over 100 yards and penalties. They will lose this football game and be utterly embarrassed. I'm keeping it real this episode. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And that will hurt recruiting. And Nick Saban is very well aware about South Florida recruiting and how valuable it is to his program. So, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to run up the score if given the opportunity. So Miami better bring their A game. Week one, everybody and their mom will be watching this game. I can guarantee you that. All right, guys, before I wrap up this show, Kamari Rogers, underclassman, Three-star recruit out of the state of Louisiana put Miami in his top six. By the way, Kamari Wilson committing on April 1st. I think that was an April Fool's joke, so he released his top 12 and Miami is in it. I'll say this, man. If Miami lands Kamari Rogers, uh, who I think is in a great situation with Miami, I would say they're the front runner. He's praised several times his coaching staff and how much he appreciates the relationship he's built with them. That would be a huge get. Something to build off of this 2022 class. We only have Ja'Curry Brown right now committed, which isn't the end of the world. I mean, it's the silent period. Um, you know, nothing's really happening. But 
you know, it'll be a nice domino effect momentum, to say the least, throughout this recruiting period, because we do need to build a little bit, in my opinion. It's the pulse is low, not a lot of energy. We're just trying to find the momentum. And I think we can get there. I'm not expecting Kamari Wilson to commit to Miami. I know he has a great relationship with Travaris Robinson, but it's it's one of those things. Now we beat Alabama. I mean, hey, we might have we're in a great situation, but I I don't think we're gonna beat Alabama. And I think Kamari Wilson is gonna want to play for the best of the best. And you know that that's kind of the situation when you're going after the number one safety in the nation. You you might not win that battle. Unfortunately, you know. I, re- I interview a ton of recruits, and they all tell me their dream offers is Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. And that's modern-day college football. Those are the programs every five-star recruit, the best of the best, want to play for. Those are the dream offers. And when they come in, Miami is in trouble. This is a reality check, guys. This is not me sugarcoating things. I'm telling you the truth. When I recruit great players... We always ask them, what's your dream offer? And they say Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Every single one. Everybody wants to play for those programs because they win football games. It's very easy. Put the bags aside, the money thing, that you know, recruiting is a dirty game. At the end of the day, those programs win football games. Whether, they, whether recruiting, they do things fairly or not, they win football games. And that's why recruits want to play at those programs. Keep it real. Miami can dominate recruiting in its own backyard if it wins football games, guys. It's simple. It's not that hard. You're in an easy division. The ACC Coastal. What's taking so long? I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I plan on doing a weekly episode every week. Bringing on a guest next week. That will happen. I can promise you that. Got caught up with some traveling things this week. But guys, have a great weekend. And always, all about the you. Go Canes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.